What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. How do you crack the culture if you don't talk about it, right? So if we pretend like the World Juniors isn't happening, is that going to help? I don't know. What's up, y'all? I'm Ellen Hislop. And I'm Steph Roth. And welcome to another episode of The Gist of It. Today is Tuesday, August 9th. And today we have another WTF-filled episode with facepalm-worthy moments from the WNBA, MLB, and the world of hockey. We know that we're going to have a chance to discuss some lighter topics in the near future, but unfortunately today's episode is just, it's not one of those days. Every time we go to record the podcast, I'm just hoping, praying it's going to be about something really exciting and positive, but I am certain our day will come soon because, you know, the WNBA playoffs are coming coming up close so i'm i'm really hoping good vibes exactly. for that one <laughs> exactly we know the wnba playoffs are always going to be fun to talk about we have the women's world hockey championships at the end of the month the college football season the nfl season the college soccer season so we'll have some fun things to talk about but we also do know that our justers and our audience are dialed in when it comes to this intersection with sports and like sports being shitty so stick with us bear with us because i i still find all of the conversation very very interesting yeah and definitely the intersection between sports and politics and identity politics um are super important to discuss and we are very grateful to have you all here to chat through these topics with us yes um before we started recording this podcast though steph came on the podcast recording and i've never seen her so excited and <laughs> literally started acting almost like a little kid <laughs> and was like oh my gosh i have so much to tell you about the weekend and so i thought i was going to get some hot goss about you know what steph was up to this weekend with their gal pals or anything like that but no it was the excitement coming from the soccer field because steph has been making such progress as a soccer player and and it brought so much joy to this podcast recording and to my day, actually, Steph, hearing how much soccer is bringing light into your life. The moment I got off the pitch, look at that, Ugh. I wanted to call you and just tell you all of the things, but I knew that you had a wedding this past weekend and you were busy, and so I bottled it up and held it in so that I could talk to you about it today. The thing that I really like that I'm realizing now as an adult playing sports is as someone with so much anxiety, it's so nice. It really gets you back in your body and it's oh. such a, an amazing experience as an adult to kind of be out there moving with other people like it's just it, words cannot describe it I like leave the field just feeling euphoric in ways that I cannot describe oh my gosh stuff that actually makes me so happy and I think too sports it is so unique especially in your situation like you didn't know any of the other women or any of the 
other girls on the team when you went out there and you were just accepted and welcomed so much. But I think also from that mental health perspective as well, sports, at least for me and exercising to a certain extent, although my mind kind of wanders depending on the exercise I'm doing, but especially sports, like that's the one time where your brain can just fully turn off and you're fully committed and in the zone of what's happening on the soccer pitch. So that that anxiety and all everything else in your world that's bringing you grief or is making you have, I don't know, whatever thoughts you're having just does kind of go away for a bit. And you have to take up space, right? Like you yeah. have to like own your body and you have to be present and you have to be like unapologetic in being there physically. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you have to be there for your people too. Like you mm-hmm. really do have to show up as a teammate because if you don't, like you're letting other people down as well. So I think it's just the best that you are playing and it's making me so happy that you're playing. I'm experiencing this uh, secondhand joy for sure. I'm replaying all of our brilliant memories together in grade four, wearing those little red soccer jerseys together. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Those, those were the days when we were playing soccer in grade four. I got to find some old soccer pics of us and maybe we'll post it on our Twitter at the just pod if you're interested at all and in seeing how little cute Steph was. <laughs> you were so cute. And Ellen, I still remember the sponsor of that team. <laughs> well, who was it? PTT. I don't know what that oh is. Oh my anymore, gosh. That was, was that was Katie Pipe's dad. Anyway, oh, not that it? anyone knows Katie Pipe. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was her dad's company that was sponsoring it. Um, but, anyways, yes, for the weekend, apologies to everyone about my voice. Um, I was singing a lot at the wedding. I thought that I was the front runner of what do they call it? The lead singer, the front person of the band. Um, and so, apologies if my voice does crack throughout this podcast episode. You're the Joe Jonas in every room. <laughs> I wish. Speaking of Joe Jonas, I've been listening to him through my Sonos recently. We've been using our soundbars for a few months now, and I think I can speak for the both of us when I say we're never going back. If I can nerd out just for one second... One of the coolest features of the Ray Soundbar is the true play technology that fits the acoustics of whatever room it's in, which I think is just the coolest. We have it in our living room, which has like decently tall ceilings, and it's really, really cool to see how it actually does fill the space. It's it's awesome. So if you're ready to refresh your sound, visit Sonos.com to learn more about their complete lineup. One more time, go to Sonos.com. All right, let's get this WTF party started. <laughs> I'm playing pink in my head. <laughs> yes. all, all those 90s babies. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. There's our front woman, Ellen, coming yes, up sorry, to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. I'm going to go on mute now. <laughs> Never apologize. Okay. Our journey begins in the WNBA where, yes, there's a very exciting playoff push underway ahead of Sunday's regular season finale, but... Unfortunately, the on-court action is being overshadowed by the news that players from the LA Sparks slept overnight in the airport on Sunday after their commercial flight from DC was canceled. No one should have to deal with that. We're seeing a lot of this pain while traveling, let alone WNBA players who are seeking a playoff berth and have a crucial game tipping off in less than 48 hours. I cannot imagine. Not at all. It does seem to your point, Steph, everyone who is traveling to any place right now is experiencing a lot of grief. It feels like no airline has their shit together. And 
for the WNBA specifically, it's just the latest in a long series of travel woes for the leagues, I'd say, in the last 12 months. And interestingly enough, and kind of surprising, Neka Gwumbake, who's the president of the WNBA Players Association, helped bring the fiasco to the public's attention. She posted a video to Twitter early Monday morning saying that half the team was forced to sleep at the airport because there weren't enough hotel rooms to accommodate the entire squad after the many flight delays. So it's just this domino effect and ripple effect that ended up impacting these players. If I was that airline, I don't know, I'd be putting pro players in front of any other regular person, NARP, a non-athletic regular person, before, like after these WNBA players, for sure. I just learned a new word, NARP. NARP, yeah, a non-athletic regular person. Wow, thank you. (laughs) I want to know how they decided who got to stay in the hotel room and who had to sleep in the the airport. I really want to know how that unfolded. Yeah, I really hope it was just order of which people got up to customer service. I really hope, but I'm sure with like points and... I don't know, first class and all that sort of stuff. Maybe that came into play. Who knows? This is where we need the documentaries behind the scenes. Exactly. Of these, um, teams. Exactly. Just, you know, suggestions. But as you mentioned, Ellen, this egregious example was preceded by many other travel-related problems in the W, especially with COVID-19. There's been many a canceled flight, many a delay. Teams have been scheduled to arrive just hours before tip-off. The list of these travel problems really unfortunately go on and on and on. And those issues have led many to call on the W to charter flights for their players, which is, of course, the standard in established men's leagues. This news gained a ton of traction back in March of this year after more reporting emerged about the league fining the New York Liberty a record 500K after the team chartered flights for their players. And we did get into that complicated economics and dynamics of this issue in a podcast episode around that time so you can skip on back in the episode list if you want to hear about that back in March yeah we're not saying that it's easy we know that there's pros and cons and different things at play for different types of teams and team owners so we know that this isn't going to be an overnight fix but especially as you mentioned Steph Playoffs are on the line here. Like, we are rounding out the regular season, and I would hate for this to even happen in the playoffs as well. Like, imagine this happening before an elimination game or something like that. Like, series is tied 2-2, game five, and you have this sort of issue. It's it's not okay, and especially, I mean, for you and me, Steph, 5-5 uh, five, five on a good day. Maybe 5-4 for you, I don't know. 5-5 five, five for me on a good day. <laughs> like, okay, put me on a commercial play. All good to go. These are WNBA Athletes, every single player is basically over six feet, and the average height is something like six four, six five. John Cole Jones is like six seven, six eight. Imagine them on a commercial flight as is. I I want to control alt delete that from my brain. I just feel so bad. Yeah, like the, just sitting on that flight already, and then where are they going to sleep? Like they take up the whole all the chairs. Like they're so long, they shouldn't be on commercial flights anyway. But. On that note, I think the one thing that we could pull from this is that the WNBA is listening. They are trying. They are planning to charter flights for this postseason, but only for the finals. So at least one of the four rounds is going to be handled and arguably it's the most important. So it's definitely a step in the right direction. And maybe this is one of those incidents that does actually push to get charter flights across the board for the W and with the W stock just rising and having lights out record-breaking audience numbers you have to believe 
that an airline needs to seize this opportunity yesterday and charter all of these flights for these women. So any airline folks who are listening, hit us up. We'll get you introduced to the WNBA and let's figure something out. Here, here. Okay, now for our second WTF story. Before we begin, this part of the podcast does include mention of sexual assault, so please pause here if you need to, and we'll see you back here on Thursday. This story comes out of Philadelphia on Sunday. The Philadelphia Phillies, so the MLB team in Philly, held a celebration of their 1980 World Series winning team, and among the players stepping out to wave their caps was Pete Rose. MLB has a slew of controversial figures and that's probably putting it lightly but Rose definitely vies for the top of the list especially in that 1980 kind of generation yes well put and just to give a brief background for listeners not familiar with Rose he spent most of his career playing for the Cincinnati Reds and the Phillies from 1963 until 1986 when he continued as a manager of the Reds until 1989 His on-field accomplishments and stats were exceptional enough that he was pegged as a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. But in August 1989, famously the year that Taylor Swift was born, um, Rose was... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sorry. I see that number. It it had to to just come out. Yeah, Wildest Dreams plays in the background. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. But in 1989, Rose was accused of gambling on baseball games, including betting against his own team. Long story short. Oh, my gosh. And Taylor Swift song. <laughs> Who wrote this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> August slips away like a moment in time. It's that, it's that time. It's that is that what's next. It's, it's literally what's next. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, but long story short, the Baseball Hall of Fame banned Rose, calling him, quote, permanently ineligible quote for induction into cooperstown and while rose's gambling and lifetime ban remains contentious they aren't the reason he's causing a commotion this week in particular yes this fiasco deals with even more nefarious things in 2017 as part of a defamation lawsuit rose filed against a lawyer from the 1989 mlb investigation a woman testified that rose had a sexual relationship with her beginning in 1973 for multiple years when she wasn't even 16 years old rose himself admitted that the affair occurred in 1975 It's just horrendous on so, so, so many levels, but particularly because Rose was, is, and will be legally free and clear due to the fact that the statute of limitations on statutory rape had long expired before Jane Doe's testimony came to light. So one of those things is just, it's awful. It's really, really awful. It's really awful. And that brings us to Sunday. The Phillies reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer, Alex Coffey, was covering the 1980 World Series celebration. It's important to point out that Coffey is a young woman and also a formidable sports writer. Mm -hmm. Um, Coffey asked Rose what he would say to those who see his presence as sending a negative message to women. And Rose refused to talk about it, saying, quote, it was 55 years ago, babe, end quote. The the babe part and that. And the way that it's so condescending and misogynistic is just off the charts. Like it, 
it's really just so unacceptable. And after the on-field ceremony, the Associated Press asked Rose about his comments to Coffee, and he replied that he was there for his fans, his teammates, and the Phillies. Rose actually ended up saying in all of this, he said, quote, and who cares what happened 50 years ago? You weren't even born, so you shouldn't be talking about it, end quote. So bad. (laughs) Oh my gosh, there is no statute of limitations on accountability. And clearly by saying that you have no remorse. Like that is definitely what I'm picking up from this interaction. Like you you simply do not care to take any sort of accountability in, in that particular interaction also and in this situation that's like oh none of us should care about any history that's ever happened none of us should learn from the past at all that's ludicrous that's the whole point that's, of the past that's why we history. teach history yeah. exactly is to learn <laughs> from it and to not make the same mistakes and it's, it's so ridiculous Yeah, and one of Rose's reps sought out coffee after the presser to apologize on his behalf. So the people around him obviously know that um, he done messed up. When Rose walked up, though, he accused the inquirer of attacking him before asking if signing a thousand baseballs for coffee would earn him her forgiveness as if she would want them. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't until he was walking away that Rose uttered the word sorry. Yeah, infuriating. The Association for Women in Sports Media weighed in on the event and and they throw some shade saying, quote, Pete Rose is right about one thing. It's been 55 years since the reported inappropriate relationships and time has changed. It's no longer acceptable to call a reporter babe, end quote. And it was never acceptable 50 years ago as a 34-year-old man, as a pro athlete, to be having a relationship with a 16-year-old either. So definitely want to clear that up. Nothing he was doing at any point in time is appropriate. And another big question remains here, Steph, is like, why was Rose even invited? Why did the Phillies and the MLB think that this was okay? The team itself canceled his induction to their wall of fame amidst the 2017 testimony. But Sunday, a spokesperson for the team said Rose was invited after consulting the rest of the 1980 squad and with permission from the commissioner's office, leaning into the fact that the celebration was a team honor, not an individual one, which, yes, winning a World Series is a team honor, but there are multiple people on that team who won the World Series and not inviting one person who many people don't like anyway is not going to impact the ceremony. People are going to go and attend and love it anyway and the team is going to love it anyway. They said the team doesn't condone, forgive, or forget Rose's behavior, but they also refuse to commit to never inducting him into their wall of fame in the future. So it's bad. Honestly, we expected more from the Phillies organization. They really should know better than to invite someone like Pete Rose out. Um, Definitely burn some bridges with their fans. It is also a bit questionable because, like, had this been a steroid Mm -hmm. um, case or allegations or, you know, like, had this been about something other than statutory rape, like, would they have invited him still? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If he had had that asterisk of cheating the game of baseball which we know baseball has really really cracked down on over the last two decades I would say would he be invited out to this celebration I don't know I don't think so so that's that we we know it's wrong and just infuriating altogether and really just again as you said Seth like really disappointed about the Phillies in this case Mm -hmm. Instagram we do have to talk more about Hockey Canada after the break 
We want to give one more shout out to today's sponsor, Sonos. My partner is a techie, so we've tried a lot of new tech in our home over the years. I can confidently say that not only are Sonos speakers the best quality sound on the market, the actual setup is the easiest install ever. I could have done it as a non-techie myself. The Ray soundbar uses just two cables and setup only takes a few minutes because the Sonos app does 90% of the work for you. Plus, the Ray syncs directly to your regular TV remote, so you don't have to worry about wrangling multiple remotes for the same TV. Learn more about the Ray soundbar at Sonos.com. That's S-O-N-O-S.com. Deep breath, y'all. Thanks so much for staying with us. Let's close things out with our final WTF for the day, the latest updates from Hockey Canada. As we've chronicled extensively on the pod, Hockey Canada remains in hot water following May's news that the organization quietly settled a sexual assault lawsuit involving eight Hockey Canada players, including members of the 2018 gold medal winning World Juniors team and some who actually currently play or might currently play in the NHL. That info is especially important considering the 2022 edition of the tournament opens up play today with, I think, the U.S. playing today and Canada playing tomorrow, and we'll get to all of that in a minute. As per usual, our other podcast episodes on this topic will be linked in the show notes, but Seth, please give us the timeline of events of what's gone down since May. So after that May news of the settlement came to light, the Canadian government opted to freeze Hockey Canada's funding in June. For context here, Hockey Canada is funded by the federal government and supports both the men's team and the women's team. So by freezing the funding, the women are really getting the short end of the stick Mm -hmm. here. Of course, there's also sponsors taking part in all of these sporting events, and a handful of partners pulled out of sponsoring this upcoming World Juniors event in response to Hockey Canada's mishandling of the sexual assault claims. And that mishandling runs so deep in Hockey Canada Other allegations have come to light in the weeks since, including that Hockey Canada utilized a slush fund financed by youth player membership fees to quietly settle sexual assault claims. There really are no words for how Hockey Canada has been operating. It's it's really horrible stuff. And I think you had mentioned too before this podcast, it's interesting what you said about all of the sponsors basically pulling out of Hockey Canada and or the World Juniors Tournament specifically, you were saying that the boards are basically all white, like there's no sponsors on the arena boards. Yeah, it's it's a really jarring image. I haven't, um, obviously they haven't started yet, but there's an image circulating on social media showing the lack of sponsorship with this particular event. Wow. And with all of these allegations finally being reported and ongoing hearings into Hockey Canada's missteps, there's actually been some accountability, not enough in our humble opinion, but there has been some. On Saturday, news broke that board chair Michael Brindamore is resigning. His term was set to be up in November, but given what we know, this resignation really could not have come any any sooner. I would have liked it a few months ago, actually. Yeah, I'm hopeful that resignations could potentially have a shift in this organization, but I'm I'm not optimistic enough to think that it's going to create an automatic switch. So it's definitely one step in a huge, long process that needs to take place in order to shift this culture. Mm-hmm. And Ellen, you mentioned that the rescheduled Men's World Juniors tournament starts today and do want to kind of talk a little bit more about the impact of all of this and how it's affecting this particular tournament. So for starters, thousands of tickets for the event are still available, which is really 
uh, abnormal. <laughs> this is really wild when you consider the tournaments taking place in Edmonton. Um, whenever a World Juniors tournament takes place in Canada, these are extremely popular events. They sell out. Um, you sometimes even have to like buy bulk tickets to like other games where Canada's not even playing to get other tickets. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge deal in this country. And um, Explore Edmonton paused its promotion of the game. So that's like the tourism board or whatever in Edmonton um, paused their promotion of the games in response to these allegations. So they're pulling back their essential endorsement of this event Good. <laughs> in their own city. Um, we should note that the tournament is typically held over the winter holidays. So some folks are saying that people don't want to skip the cottage weekend or their summer, you know, summer plans um, to go to this. Uh, but I don't know particularly if that's the reason for the low ticket sales. Um, haven't really seen much coverage of the tournament at all for obvious reasons. And just like those brands that pull out their sponsorship deals, it seems like Canadian spectators, Canadian hockey fans are widely finally realizing we have a problem with hockey culture and are particularly in this case fed up with Hockey Canada. Yeah. That excuse about Canadians not wanting to miss their summer holidays, I think it's such BS. There hasn't been a World Juniors in like a year and a half, two years almost because of COVID and it being canceled twice. There's no chance that people wouldn't be chopping at the bit to watch the World Juniors if it was going to be the same event as it normally is in the winter. And there is going to be another World Juniors in December too, maybe barring some of this stuff with Hockey Canada. I think with a lot of Canadians and I think with a lot of folks in the hockey world, there is always this debate, Steph, and I'm curious of your opinion and our Jister's opinion. Like, please tweet at us at the Just Pod your thoughts on all of this. But there is, at least from a sports news perspective, this hard part of grappling with how much do you still cover the tournament and what's happening on the ice because of what's going on outside of it. So, for example, we've talked a lot about Deshaun Watson over many, many, many a podcast. And we are really, really hoping that he is suspended for the entire year. And we've talked a lot about how we're very disappointed in the Cleveland Browns and everything that they've done. But can news companies and even the gist go, you know, an entire NFL season of not covering the Cleveland Browns because of Deshaun Watson? Like, where is that balance? And I think that's something that a lot of people especially tied to hockey Canada and with this tournament are trying to figure out is how much do you cover it how little do you cover it when it is still a sports tournament that's ongoing that generally people would want to be talking about like do you just cover the gold medal game I don't do you always have an asterisk about we don't want to be covering this but thought you should know it's a really good question I certainly don't have an answer for you I'm like building the pro con list in my head as you speak it is interesting it is because like you said, like, do you stop covering the team altogether? I don't know. Because is that unfair to the players who are not mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson? But how do you correct the culture? How, I guess my what I'm thinking and as you as I'm talking is how do you correct the culture if you don't talk about it? Right. Yeah. So if we pretend like the World Juniors isn't happening, is that going to help? I don't know. I I don't have your answer. Yeah, it's really tough. And it's definitely something that our team, you know, today, every day leading up to this tournament has kind of been like, how do we cover it? When do we cover it? What platforms is the best way to talk about it? Because to your point, we're talking about Hockey Canada all the time. But in regular years, we would be talking about the World Juniors all the time or we would be talking about the Cleveland Browns all the time. And I think where we're kind of leaning toward is like, okay, if we have to cover the knockout round, cover it but with that caveat of 
here's what's going on with Hockey Canada right now and here's maybe why we're not covering it to that extent. Or when we're talking about the Cleveland Browns flagging stuff about Kareem Hunt and their organization and how they set up Deshaun Watson's contract because they knew he was going to be suspended and how they're enabling everything. Like I think there's that balance of cover it but have that yes but. I don't know. What I think would be really great um, from the player's perspective in this um, World Juniors tournament and from the particular team that's heading into this tournament, I would like to see some action from them. I think a statement. I think if they wanted to, I don't know, fundraise, um, because I know these players aren't paid for this particular tournament, but they do, of course, have exposure and have a platform if they wanted to fundraise for um, a sexual assault support line. like I think there's a lot of ways that they can show allyship and show that they are trying to internally be part of the change in hockey culture. Um, I think that that would be a really powerful way of using their platform with this particular world juniors. I really like that. If anyone is listening, that's connected to hockey, please give stuff a shout. Like that's honestly, I think something that really they should be doing a hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know if it would be authentic, but it's definitely something that I, I mean, I, yeah. And, uh, authentic, <laughs> yeah. Not, like, you know what I mean? A step in the right direction of them being like, Oh, this is actually something we should do. Uh, probably clearly they haven't, necessarily done that yet so need to switch up the people on their team but I think as much as the world juniors are happening the women's worlds is just around the corner and set to begin on August 25th and with brands pulling their funding away from Hockey Canada across the board it's very 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 important to keep focus on the women's action and give these athletes the support that they deserve so Scotiabank for example is a bank in Canada that has decided to pull out all funding from Hockey Canada regardless of the event, right? Like they're saying Hockey Canada, figure out everything. And then there's other event people that have said, we're pulling out of World Juniors, but we're still going to support the women's worlds and the women's teams. So focus as much attention as we can on our amazing women's teams, Team USA, Team Canada, all the other teams like coming up until coming up to the end of August on August 25th when that starts because that those are the teams that really need our support here like they did not do anything wrong in this situation yeah and that particular tournament will not be in Canada so we can't have the one for one ticket sales comparison but definitely mark your calendars and make a point to tune in and to support on social media while those games are playing please 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 um so with all of that we finished our trifecta of wtf stories thank you all for tuning in we'll be back in your feeds with another new episode on thursday and we hope that it's going to be a fun one especially with the WNBA regular season coming to a close on sunday in the meantime if you enjoyed today's conversation please rate review and subscribe to the podcast if you're not already this episode was edited by brianna ekinem executive produced by lauren tuscala and d lab and co-produced by Ellen and me. Again, I'm Steph Rock. And I'm Ellen Hislop, and this has been the gist of it. Have a great day, and we'll chat with you again on Thursday.